Welcome to the How to Code Well podcast, a show all about web development and programming. My name is Peter Fisher. I am a freelance web and mobile applications developer. Hello coders, today we're going to be talking about website security and I'm joined today by Rob Wilson who is a senior PHP developer at Superdry, a member of OWASP and a member of the British Computer Society. Hi Rob, how's it going? Have you had a good week? Yeah, hi, yeah, I've had a great week. Uh, how's your week been going? Yeah, busy, very glad yeah, it's, it's Friday. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> You're currently in the Superdry office at the moment, aren't you? I am, yes. So Superdry headquarters here in Cheltenham, um, which uh, probably when this goes out, a lot of people are going, ah, oh, Superdry has been in the news quite a lot recently. Yeah. So uh, we'll, uh, if you need questions on that, obviously I can dive into a few little bits. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So we're going to be talking mostly about security in this episode. But first of all, Rob, let's talk about your background. How did you get into the PHP industry? Cool. So it was many, many years ago. I was actually a hardware engineer working uh, for a uh, local firm uh, doing electronics. And uh, after a while, I saw that software could interact quite happily with uh, with the hardware. And I thought, you know what? I prefer to go into the software route. Right. Um, so after jumping backwards and forwards between a couple of jobs, when I was working for IBM, I got given the opportunity to build a small internal website for them. So yeah. I thought, okay, let's let's build this. It'd be fantastic. And it kind of grew up from there. So uh, 2007, um, I left IBM, went off to work for a digital design agency here in Cheltenham. And it's kind of just gone from there really um and literally you know building small websites and then small applications and then building it up 2010 um i got the opportunity to work here at superdry working on their uh, e-commerce platform and the rest as i say is history nine years later i'm still here wow so you actually started from an electronics background so not actually software no it's uh so it's quite uh, quite weird a lot of people actually i find uh, in the software world have come from a hardware background. Right. right. And actually, it's a great thing um, because it gives you a complete understanding on how things work. So Ooh, even yeah, though it was yeah. building electronics, yeah. even when it comes to servers, you can kind of understand what yeah. they're trying to actually achieve. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's super interesting. How long were you doing electronics for? So doing electronics for six, nearly seven years. Right. Um, before um, then, I went into the IT support world. Mm-hmm. Um, so jumping really between software yeah. and uh, hardware, and then decided, no, let's go. You know, let's go feet first straight into yeah. software. Awesome. And you're a PHP developer, senior PHP developer at the moment with Superdry. How did That's you, right. How do you, you? How did you get into PHP development? So PHP development, it was really one of those. Um, I kind of looked at uh, various things. I thought, mm. do I want to go to the .NET world? Do I want to look at PHP? Mm. And um, I can't remember the exact time I thought, you know what, PHP, that seems what I want to go and do. Mm. Um, just all of a sudden, I picked it up and I thought, yeah, okay, let's play with this now. Um I do remember one of the early, uh, say, frameworks uh, mm. that I was using was uh, Mambo, and uh, okay. which then it split off to Joomla. Right. Um, so I wrote a few little bits and pieces uh, for them, nothing major, a couple of plugins, yeah. and thought, okay, yeah, do you know what? I, I can see this uh, sort of progressing quite right. well. Let's let's stick with this and see where it leads me. Awesome. So yeah, it's it's, it's been a, a really good, uh, you know, a, a good career move for me. I think. <laughs> yeah. So you're currently at uh, Superdry at the moment. You're a senior PHP developer there. It, what what do you do on your day to day role? So my day to day role is more or less uh, look after the actual website, um, building new applications uh, that we actually need for the business. Mm. So when anyone looks at Superdry, the first thing they look at is the website. Mm-hmm. Now, what most people don't realize is Superdry is an international brand, and we actually have 24 e-commerce websites at the moment. Wow. Um, there are more that are coming along. Okay. So that's the bit that 
everyone goes and sees. However, we also have a lot of other things that happen in the background. Um, we've got a lot of APIs that we build to different third parties mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that we can obviously sell through them mm-hmm. um, and obviously provide the information from our platform out to them. Um, but we've also built as well a internal uh website which is our wholesale system so okay. it allows wholesale uh, customers to come along purchase super dry clothing in bulk right and do everything that way wow yeah so it's quite a quite a broad amount of stuff that you're dealing with there, there, is, there is there is a lot of stuff here and uh, it's it's something that we're always evolving um mm. which uh, it shocks people when they think oh you know building a website can't be that difficult it's like <laughs> well okay it's not just a website at the end of no, the day no there's a lot of things that sit behind it definitely definitely a lot of infrastructure and a lot of support and even the customer service that that in in itself is quite a huge chunk yeah ab- absolutely yeah, i mean yeah. so not nine years ago when we looked at it e-commerce as a whole really wasn't thought of in the business yeah and it was one of those where it's like well let's see what we can do for it yeah it was very much going to be a oh let's just use the website as a um a brochure for the stores Mm -hmm. Um, and then i think people have realized over time oh look what we can do with this and then all of a sudden we're doing quite well for ourselves (laughs) when it comes to e-commerce and we we make up quite a huge chunk of the business so you said that you've got many e-commerce sites is that because there are they're just catering for many countries is that yeah so most of them are catering for different countries um and again different markets so i'll pick on australia Mm -hmm. obviously if we're in our um just going into spring summer they'll just be going into autumn winter so obviously you know we have to cater for them um but then there's certain parts of the world which you can sell certain clothing to and not so it's Ah. quite quite an interesting story when you look at uh, when you look at uh, just clothing uh Okay, because I was just about to ask you, what is the benefit of having all of these stores? But if the, if there are countries that you can only sell certain clothes to, then I guess you can tailor the store to that market. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it also um, it's also very interesting as well. So obviously, recently, um, Superdry has offered various discounts to various markets. Mm. It's very weird. So when we are dealing with different countries in Europe, we're allowed to give a discount to one country and not another. Okay. Or if we are given at the same time, it can only be for X amount of time. Yeah. So it can be quite quite difficult, uh, um, you know, dealing with all these different uh, different regions. Yeah. Um, but one of the other benefits as well of having different websites is offering people a website that if they're in Australia, our website is actually in Australia. So it gives them the benefit of a nice, fast uh, website. That's very true. Yeah. Very being very close to where the site is makes it yeah. faster. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, that sounds really, really interesting. Um, what, what kind of things do you guys deal with on a day-to-day basis in terms of security and things like that? So security has always been one of those uh, those big things where um, you know we t- we take obviously customer data incredibly seriously. Yeah. Um, sure. You know we want to make sure that it is kept safe and secure for our customers. Mm. Um, you know so when it comes to people going onto their accounts, who's got access to what. Um, so when we're actually developing uh, a lot of our systems internally, we're going right. How can we actually make sure that we transmit data correctly to wherever it needs to go, following all the um, various rules and regs. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't mm-hmm. mention GDPR because I know people turn <laughs> off when they hear that. Um, but as well as that, it's just making sure that, you know, what we are doing, you know, we're not going to lose data. No one's going to come in and potentially take that data. Mm. You know, we, we see in the news every day that, um, you know, X company has had a data breach and Y company has ma- managed to siphon off millions of credit card uh, information. Mm. Um, mm. So we're always looking for ways of making sure that, a, we're not going to be caught in the news for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because from my own perspective, you know, I don't want to have that. Great, there goes uh, there goes the neighbourhood for this. I've got to go and outsource something. Yeah, you're a member of OWASP. What does OWASP right, yeah. actually stand for? So OWASP is the Open Web Application Security Project. So it's a worldwide uh, non-profit organization um, mm-hmm. focused on improving security of software. Right. Now, um, I only uh, joined OWASP actually at the beginning of this year because a lot of the principles that they actually give is mm. like, well, this is fantastic. Mm. You know, I believe that I can learn a lot from them and hopefully they'll be able to learn a lot for myself. So um, okay. even now I'm waiting on uh, um, doing my first meetup with the guys down in Bristol. So oh, wow. uh, we can hopefully... Uh, 
go from there. Um, but okay. that's it, generally in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they, they, do they do they provide meetups then? They do. So like with a lot of uh, different organizations, um, mm. there, there are different uh, chapters is what they call them uh, mm. all over the world and in the country specifically, yeah. Bristol yeah. being our nearest one. Yeah. So it's uh, it's one of those where you know, like-minded uh, people can get together and actually discuss, you know, if there's particular issues that they need to have, um, but also things which a lot of people don't consider, um, which I know some people have a look at, you know, playing, uh, I say, you know, it's war games. So you have a red team and a blue team. Um, you know, what happens if somebody tries to break into your system? So mm. you think, well, actually, we'll have yeah. a, a blue team there trying to protect the system and a red team trying to get in. Trying to so I know they do those sort yeah. of things. So it's a capture the flag exercise. Oh, that sounds really, really interesting. Yeah. And is this like something that happens on a monthly basis? Uh, so I know that uh, last year it was happening. I think it was uh, every other month. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, um, I know that uh, with uh, various people, it's I'm waiting for this year's meetup to actually happen. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I have bugged uh, the the chapter leader down in Bristol of, uh, of when the next meetup is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think for those who are interested, watch Twitter and watch Meetup. Yes, definitely, definitely. Is that the, is that the same sort of story with the British Computer Society in your in your case? Yeah. So I mean, that was an interesting story. So uh, it was one of those I thought I, I want to be recognised for you know the work that I do, mm. and uh, it was uh, a, many years ago. It was ten years ago actually when I joined. Mm. So I thought I want to be as I say recognised for what I do, mm. and actually have the ability to go out and learn other mm. things, mm. Um, and see if there's different. Uh, career paths that I could follow. Mm. So um, the company I was working for was before I joined here at SuperDry. I said, great, we're building these lovely websites. I joined uh, the British Computer Society. And uh, I remember my boss at the time actually saying, well, what's that got to do with uh, web development? Right. And uh, I thought, oh, okay, um, maybe uh, I need to move on to uh, you know a more uh, – a more mature company, one mm. that will actually support me through that. And SuperDry has mm. been great for that. Excellent. Um, so it's it's one of those where I can learn a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, and it's actually opened up quite a few doors for me. Right. Um, people find out, it's like, oh, great, yeah, you know, you're a member of this. Please come come this way. It's like, oh, okay, I, I didn't yeah. realize that these doors were being opened for awesome. me at all. Awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting thing because a lot of people just think, oh, you can just sign up. Um, you know, apply and uh, you're in. Um, I do remember having to send off my CV and literally for my entire work life, mm. everyone was contacted. Mm-hmm. Literally everyone is grilled mm. about what you've done, what mm-hmm. you're doing, you know, how they see you progressing. I thought, okay, that's, you know, I've, I've been through job interviews, which are uh, mm. less intense than this. Yes. But, I, uh, I remember going through the process <laughs> myself and sort of halfway through it thinking, this is too much. <laughs> this is- <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but no, it, ha- it has opened up a lot of doors and a lot of people instantly see you as being a, oh, mm. actually, you might know what you're um, talking about when you come to uh, various events and uh, e- even discussions here in the office. It's like, oh, you know about X, you know about Y. Yes, yes. And I, I also, some of the talks that they have, I mean, it's not just websites it's not just security no. it's it's so broad and you, it's you everything and you have access to all of that which is just awesome yeah. well this is this is just it having access to so much technology i mean especially in the web development world everyone thinks well that's all you deal with it's yeah. websites it's yeah. like well no not really i mean we've dealt with we've dealt with uh, systems here mm. um we built an api which actually integrates to our in-store kiosks okay. um so Already, we're yeah, integrating with the point of sale systems yeah. from the websites, and having that understanding of how that all works, yeah. um, you know, it's it's one of those where it's like, well, actually, this is going to be fantastic. You know, I know about this world as well as where mm, I am now, mm. and it gives you a much broader understanding of how yeah. you know how your own software can help and impact everyone else, and a, a well-rounded view of of just how technology can change businesses and just everyday life. In yeah. general, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, um, I guess a view of how insecure everything is. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, it, it does. It, it is one of those where, again, for most web developers, especially when it comes to security, and obviously we deal with e-commerce, mm. so we look at things and it's like, okay, well, we only have to worry about these worlds, and it's like, oh, yeah. hang on, no, our data is now touching on other things. Yes, everything else is now brought into scope. Definitely. So it's uh, so yeah, you have to be very mindful of what happens with things. Yeah. Um, it, it was one of those we were discussing uh, transmitting of 
of uh, some data and it was like well actually can we transmit that is it safe is it secure where it's going to mm. um, and even inbound uh, from some of our third parties um, customer data is coming in and it's like well it's fine we can just transmit it this way no we have to make sure everything's safe and secure how their systems interact with that probably not too much of a worry <laughs> but we have to still be very mindful of that sure um, sure yeah so let's 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 now focus on security in in more of a more, more terms because you've done a talk on uh web web security the human factor you did yeah. you did that uh, i believe it is it php um south wales is that right yeah, so I've done it at PHP South Wales. Yeah. Um, I actually did it as well at a uh, another meetup group um, up in uh, or just north of Worcester at Stack Chat, awesome. and a variation of the talk at last year at uh, PHP Southwest. Awesome. So yeah, every time I give the talk, I'm always changing it yeah. because there's new things that come out, there's new ways of looking at things. Um, so it's one of those get those very basics done, and then from there you've got a really good grounding of. Uh, of dealing with web security. So let let let's talk about the basics then. What 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 are the basics of web security? So, so in a nutshell, how my what my talk goes into is you know you look at the news every day and you think okay so and so website has been hacked and mm. you know people are you know trying to you know send you emails or say sign up for this and they're trying to steal all your uh, credit card data for argument's sake. And my whole talk really on uh, the human factor is actually. The first point where security falls down is actually with the web developer, right? Um, because it, it, it sounds stupid. You know, we're, we're running on our uh, desktop and laptop machines, whether it's Windows or Mac, mm-hmm. um, and we think, right, we're going to log into our Docker installation or log into, uh, you know, Amazon, and we type in our passwords, um, which we're quite happily storing away on a bit of scrap paper on our desks. <laughs> You'll be amazed on how many people do that. Mm. And it's those sort of things where mm. if you're doing that wrong, yeah. what are you going to be doing with your application? Right Now, right. Um, mo- most people, you know, that they are storing passwords. In fact, I've got a friend of mine, he'll ha- quite happily store a password in Notepad, um, and he uses the same password for everything. Right. And it's like... <laughs> Great. And it's one of those is just, you know, trying to educate people. Don't use the same password for things. Don't mm. make it really easy. Mm. Um, and don't obviously have them on display for everyone to actually go and uh, see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it, it sounds really obvious, yeah. but the amount of people who get caught out on it, yeah. it's, you know, um, I'll pick on an incident that happened last year with Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Twitter, great platform, love Twitter. Um, but they had a little bit of a faux pas um, where they were following the standards of ensuring people's passwords when they log in. It's all um, hashed in the database, which is great. Mm. Um, but I believe uh, the actual report was the one of the developers was uh, just before the hashing process mm. was logging everything to a file. Mm. So it's like, okay, a little bit of an issue there because now we can see everybody's passwords. Mm. Now, Twitter put their hands up, went, yeah, got a bit of an issue here. They don't mm-hmm. think there was a breach or anything, but they right. advise everyone to go and change their passwords. Sure. Which is, you know, again, and this is the whole point of my talk. Everyone's human. We all make mistakes on things. Yes. And it's just remembering those very basics yes. of going, well, actually, let's not do X, let's not do Y. Um, yes. you know, and then because when we're building our own applications, we can say, right, let's follow those same principles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, putting our uh, credentials, uh, you know, on a scrap bit of paper. Mm. Um, I, I yeah. have done it and I'll put my hand up to this. I've got, uh, you know, I've put credentials into, uh, into some of my code. Um, it's not publicly accessible, so mm-hmm. okay, some uh, saving graces <laughs> on that. But you'll be amazed on who does put uh, credentials in. Yes. And if you can not do that, instantly we're on a good win because yeah. that's what a lot of these, I say, so say, hackers are actually after. Mm. They're looking for mistakes that we've made. Right. If, if they can see that, oh, you've put the password uh, and uh, username into this file and I can access that file, great, mm-hmm. I don't need to run any... Uh, vulnerability checks against your system mm. i'll just use the username, username and password you've provided me and right. provided the rest of the world yeah yeah so it's uh, so it's really just getting people to think about that does that also include things like um sending people clear text passwords over things like slack or email and, and other things yeah absolutely so um it was uh, a thing like with slack now slack actually i believe stores its uh 
yeah, stores its messages down to potentially S3. Right. Now, they might not be publicly accessible, but it's like, okay, not a great way of uh, yeah. sending that. Yeah. Um, same with uh, text messages and such like. Potentially, they could be intercepted. Mm. Now, you could go the whole hog, the only way, you know, brilliant secure way of passing over credentials to somebody mm. is the two of you go and hide yourself in a room somewhere <laughs> someone gets told those credentials make sure it's all soundproofed um <laughs> but you know we, we live in the real world here um mm. so using things like um there's one time secret that's available on the internet firefox have now got their and um, sends.firefox which i think is absolutely fantastic right so you, you know that you know you've the person you've sent it to you can they're going to download whatever you sent them once, mm. and so whether that's credentials or whatever, mm. um, to log into a system. Now, ultimately, it might be, and again, I've done this in my talk, it might be actually your boss sends you a message and say, hi, can I have access to uh, mm. System X? Yes. And it's like, well, yeah, use your own credentials. Says, no, 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 just, just give yes. me your credentials. It's fine. It's like, no. And this is why, for myself, I don't have, you know, recognizable passwords i have everything randomly generated right um and for myself i use uh, i use LastPass, but there's other ones that are out there okay. um there's um uh, dash lane that's out there there's a couple of others as well and um, they're all as good as each other yeah um now people are worried about oh well, you're just putting all your passwords with one in one place and mm. you know what if they get hacked and it's like well if somebody is desperate to get into one of your systems regardless of all the security you put in place they're going to get in. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, it was a, a um, in fact, several people have said to me, the only really secure computer system is one that you completely shut down. It's the one that's turned off. <laughs> it's the one that's turned off. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if it's turned off, no one's getting in. So it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah. you know, it's yeah. all you're really doing at the end of the day is yeah. just putting extra steps for people. Yeah. You know, people want the easy path to get hold of stuff. Yeah. And also perhaps use, you know, being aware of the third party things that you use to store these things, even if it's in clear text, like, you know, I can just think of off the top of my head, several occasions where someone has sent me passwords in some form that, you know, I can just read off the screen Yeah, and they'd have no idea what, what, storage i use <laughs> no no absolutely and uh, and this is just it as i said yeah. uh, um a friend of mine stored uh, all of his passwords in notepad had you know leaves it up on screen mm. and uh, you don't even need access to his computer you could walk past now all of us yeah. have uh, you know mobile phones mm. now i think they've all got cameras built into them just go yeah. past click you now have all the credentials yeah. you haven't even had to touch that system yeah. um yeah. so that's one of those things where people need to be really cautious of mm. Now, obviously, you might need to use, you know, sometimes you can't copy the passwords from a pick on LastPass mm. uh, onto a website. And there's a lot of them out there. Mm. It's really annoying when they prevent you from doing that. So you have to type in a password or copy and paste it in. Mm. Um, so these are the, when you start looking at other things. So you can start looking at um, uh, two-factor um, to give that extra layer of security. Mm. Um, most of us use it for our banks, uh, which is great. Mm. I use it for more or less everything now. <laughs> um, so I use Google um, Google two-factor to log into stuff, but right. also have a YubiKey as well, which oh, I then right. use I use that on top of my LastPass. Right. Um, it can be a little bit frustrating at times, okay. um, but it's one of those where I go, I know my passwords and all that are safe. Yeah. But I then also know people, you know, they'll just say, yeah, there's my password. It's great. Log into this system. It's like, yeah. Great. <laughs> do, do you, do you save the passwords to the browser? So, so a lot of people go, Oh, you know, is, is that a good place to store them or not? Now it's, it's one of those where it's better than nothing right now. Um, I'm, I haven't looked too far deeply into um, how uh, Firefox is now storing them, uh, mm. for argument's sake, or Chrome, but it used to be one of those where it used to store everything in clear text. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's one of those where if you do save a password in there, okay, I think one of the vulnerabilities that um, you know people have seen is if someone's got access to your computer and you've already logged in, they could potentially get access to those passwords. Mm. In all fairness, I think you've got bigger problems if they've already, you know, you've already allowed access to your Facebook, access to your bank. Yeah. They probably don't need those passwords because no. they already have access to your machine. No, yeah, definitely. And if you're like an Apple user and you store everything to Safari, uh, and you've got a mobile phone, and that gets stolen, well, then all of your 
your yeah. uh, passwords have, have, have gone with you. <laughs> gone no, with ab- absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's even people's mobile phones. And, mm. you know, I, I know people who don't have a password on their phone. It's like, well, why not? This well, I've got no personal info in there. And it's like your entire life's on your phone. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. lock it down. Yeah. Um, you know, have it so it does auto lock itself. Yeah. Um, it may seem a little bit inconvenient, but uh, as I found out, especially on, you know, I've, I've uh, had my phone stolen in London mm-hmm. uh, many years ago. Mm. And uh, it was one of those, I thought, thank God that it is secure. Yes. Um, I was able to remote wipe it as right. well. Right. But again, because I knew that it had a password on there, it wasn't going to be giving someone easy access to it. Right. Do you, do you have any, any tips for, um, for PHP websites in particular around security? Yeah, so th- th- there's there's bit, little bits and pieces on this, and uh, it was actually uh, something that got mentioned on uh, Twitter actually the other day mm. with uh, the stuff with Laravel and uh, the environment variables. Yeah, and uh, it's it's one of those where a great thing is if you've got any credentials to any system, mm. don't store them in your code. Now, depending on where a lot of us host things, now mm. whether you're in a small company or a mm. really big company, mm. if you're in somewhere, I'm going to pick on. Uh, I'll pick on Amazon and Microsoft mm. just because they're two of the big uh, uh, cloud providers. They're good to pick on. <laughs> yeah, it's um, they they provide some really great tools actually for storing your credentials off-site. Right. Um, so you don't have to store them in your in you know on your server at all. So mm-hmm. I'll pick on Amazon because that's what we're using here. Mm-hmm. So credentials can be stored off-site. Um, they have a lovely SDK and you can control everything away from your main application. Right. So if you do accidentally. Uh, Put something up into uh, into Git at all, um, and say, "Oh, there's those credentials." Ah, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Um, you, you know, it's you're not going to have those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I pick on actually Git um, for those who are using uh, you know different repositories, um, and there's many of them about. Whether it be GitHub, Bitbucket, GitLab, um, most of them are the same. But I actually tried something last year with GitHub. Mm. Um, so I was playing around with using Slack, which I know many of us use, mm. and I, I played around with a token, stored it into a repository, and uh, it was a, whoops, I shouldn't have put that into a public repository. Mm. Fair play, I know that um, they've got automated scanning software, which um, detects tokens and keys for various systems. Okay. I had an email within minutes from Slack yeah. telling me that my key had been found in a public repository. They had disabled the key. Right. So, you know, obviously make sure that it wasn't going to be used. Yes. So yeah. that's obviously, uh, you know, one of the things don't do. Yeah. Um, but so as I say, um, Amazon and uh, Microsoft have different ways of securing your credentials off site. Now, sometimes that's not always a great way. Um, and one of the ways actually I've done it is mm. I have stored the credentials in the database. Right. And okay. uh, so for an external system. And it's like, well, you can log into the database and see those credentials. They're also fully encrypted in there as well. Mm. And uh, I'm not going to go to the internet and how they've been encrypted, but you, you need more or less everything, both the database, the um, the server it's on, mm. and the code, all the full code base mm. to get a hold of those credentials. Wow. Um, which is, you know, it, it's been a great way for me until, of course, I needed to debug and then forgot about all the security precautions I put in place and yeah. I couldn't get the credentials back. Well, yeah, I guess it's a balance between convenience and security, isn't it? You, it is. And at and... the end of the day, that's basically what you're doing. Mm. All you're doing is you're just putting a barrier in front of other people from getting hold of those, uh, yeah. of getting hold of that information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because if someone is absolutely adamant they're going to get into your system, yeah. they're going to. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, look at the news over the last 10, 15 years. Mm. You've got systems. Um, yeah, you have systems such as, you know, in America, the Pentagon that's been broken into. <laughs> you know what? They must spend billions on security for their IT infrastructure. Mm. And, you know, somebody with a laptop has got in. Mm. Because at the end of the day, They've thought about X, Y, and Z, but forgot mm. about A, B, and C. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, it's difficult to always do. Yeah. Okay. So what happens then if you do detect that something has gone awry and you've gone and made a, a foobar, put something in the public, which you shouldn't have done? What should you do? Apart so, from I mean, out. first of all, <laughs> it's if you have done that, it's again, I, t- I tell everyone because you get a few people, they start panicking. It's mm. like, firstly, don't panic, you know. We, we all make mistakes. Um, I've done it, and it was like, oh, shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So firstly, you know, if something like that happens, 
you know, either in, if it's a say a private key or something, get that completely invalidated. Right. Um, you know, get it replaced straight away. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you've you know decided that you're going to do something on a, uh, a Friday evening or whatever. Just get it invalidated. Mm-hmm. Just get it sorted there and then. Now it might be that you've done something even worse than that, and you've uh, decided that, um, or you've opened the system and now you know every man and his dog can access your system again quite easy if you absolutely have to mm. shut the system off you, mm. you said it earlier you know a, a secure system is one that you turn off <laughs> if you absolutely have to turn off the system yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah. it might some people go oh it might ruin your business um if it's say you know happening on a friday evening you're running an e-commerce business but at the end of the day you need to protect, be able to protect your customers' data. Right. And yeah, of course. what you don't want is um, to be fined, which some of the fines can be absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- think it was recently, uh, was it Carphone Warehouse? I could be wrong on that. Um, but a, a well-known uh, uh, name has been in the news recently. They got one hell of a fine mm. for data that has been uh, breached. Mm. Um, and it's one of those where, yeah, if that's happening or you notice something happening, yeah, mm. put a stop to it. Try and put a stop to it straight away. Sitting back and just watching it and going, well, I don't know what to do. Yeah. It's not a great thing. That meme fact, where you're be- sat in the room with a fire going all over the place saying, it's yeah, all right. Yeah, it, it really yeah. is. Just going, this, is, this is fine. This, this is great. Um, I mean, the BBC had a great article of, you know, what happens if there was a data breach. Mm. Um, and it was a, a, you know, a mythical uh, company. They went through everything and, you know, somebody didn't know what to do. It's like, well, who do we tell? And they left it for a couple of days. And it's like, no, data still flowing out of the system mm. and uh, it, again it's making sure that wherever you work mm. is make sure you've got an action plan of what could happen right now it might be um you're in a company full of lots of developers it might be you're a one-man band right have your own little plan you right. know oh, main thing yeah just stop the flow of the data if you have to yeah um it, it might cause some inconvenience for people mm-hmm. um but Again, from an e-commerce side of things, I think people would rather, oh, my uh, my order hasn't been delivered next day because you needed to shut down the system because of a data breach. I think, personally, I think I'd rather that they get that sorted sure. than am I going to get a, a product delivered to me? Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, that's the sort of information you go, yeah, I don't want everyone knowing all my information. So what about things, though, that, that you're you're not aware of? Like... This is this. We're talking about things that we are aware of. We are aware that this has has become an issue. But yeah. how, how do you go about discovering things that are just completely unknown? So that's a, a really interesting one. So um, something, especially that we do here at uh, at Superdry, is um, periodically we uh, get an external company in to perform pen tests against right. uh, all our different systems. Mm-hmm. Now they'll actually check for various vulnerabilities. Um, you know, making sure that oh, can we get access to A, B, and C? Can we get this? Mm. And some of the things they come up with is you know you just can't realize what they go through. It's like, how do you even think about doing stuff like this? Right. Um, now I've actually, I actually know a couple of pen testers and some of the things that even they look at, one of them was sat in a, this is years ago, sat in a taxi. Mm. Um, so full touch screen in the back. And I thought, okay, great. Um, within two seconds, he was in the operating system. No way. <laughs> um, and it was like, Okay, and it was like, oh yeah, the you know these systems have a known vulnerability down in the bottom left-hand corner. It's like, just just how do you even come across this? Yeah. So when it comes to pen testers and mm. how they find these vulnerabilities, they're a very very niche market. Mm. Um, you know, you can get a lot of automated software which will go through and check things, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll check against various standards. Um, and there's various tools out there. Mm-hmm. Some some are good, some are not quite so good, um, but having just something to scan your system and mm. you know most of us if we're building if it's websites or apis have something to actually check those vulnerabilities sure um sure. you know and as i say that there's a lot of there's there's some free ones out there there's some non-free ones yeah um and it, it's really you know it's one of those where you have to decide yourself mm-hmm. what do you want to go and invest into it and you could go the whole hog and go do you know what let's spend millions into making sure our system is secure um but again it's that whole balance yeah it's uh, yeah. it's but this is where then education for developers mm-hmm. if they've built things to a certain standard mm-hmm. 
then it should be right. You know what? You've probably covered 99% of what most people are going to be trying. Mm. So whether it's things like a, an SQL injection attack onto your website mm. or cross-site scripting, hopefully you've already thought, yeah, do you know what? I'm building this uh, application. Mm-hmm. I've thought about this already. What, what, um, what do you think are the, the common things that developers don't think of? It, not just in terms of, say, we've talked about passwords and, and how to store them, but just in general website development. So, uh, interesting one. Uh, a colleague of mine today, um, she's a junior developer, mm. um, she, you know, she's coming along leaps and bounds. And uh, we were talking actually about uh, building some you know, very basic query into the database. Mm. So, she built this query, um, used MySQL to access it. And I said, right, you've built this. What would happen if someone typed in something different to this, mm. uh, to the parameter that you're passing in? Mm. Um, and so it was taking us through uh, parameterizing uh, data going into your query. So, mm-hmm. you know, and teaching her actually whatever information comes into your website, mm. don't trust it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. chances are someone is trying to send something else through. Yes. And yes. so it's instantly it's getting her into the mindset of going actually. Yes, this data is going to be an integer, mm. but what if someone does pass through a string mm-hmm. or if it goes into a database, you know, a drop table command, Yes, um, <laughs> which uh, I've, I've tested on uh, some non-secure code that I've written in the past. Um, it's not live now, so I'm quite happy with that. And it's like, yeah, bye-bye table. Um, mm. So it, it's, it's little things like that. So, mm. you know, f- following set standards now, mm. A lot of us out there now, you know, we're running on different frameworks, whether it be Symfony, Laravel, Slim, mm. um, or even going to things. I'll pick on, you know, uh, off-the-shelf e-commerce uh, systems like WooCommerce or Magento. Mm. They have a lot of things that are already in there, which mm. someone's already thought about going, this is going to secure the system. Yes. So it takes that thought away from the developer. Yeah. So the developer doesn't have to think too much about it. Mm. However, on the flip side of that, because the developer's not having to think about that, yeah. they, I mean, I, I do this, I get lazy and then forget about the security aspect of it. Yeah. And yeah. if I'm having to build a vanilla application, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, I've got to do X, Y, and Z because yeah. something's not already there for me. That, that's a good point because, you know, you, you're, because that has been taken care of, quote unquote, um, you, you think of it less as an issue um, going forward. Um and it, it's kind of like you just think that oh, it's the job of the framework to do to do the security layer, but uh, in actual fact, you know you can hack the framework to do wonderful things in a very Absolutely. insecure way. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, it's one of the things here. So obviously we we use uh, uh, Symphony and Laravel here for various different things, mm-hmm. but we also have a custom framework that we put together, right. um, hacked about from some older systems. And uh, yeah, there's a few bits and pieces where it's like oh. Let's let's address this because there's a few issues. Um, And several years ago, that's exactly it. It was like, right, there is an issue here. How Mm -hmm. do we address this? How do we learn from this moving forward? Um, And sometimes, you know, going back and looking at some of your older code um, and and ways that you've actually approached uh, certain issues, you go, yeah, actually, I can learn from this. Let's actually not take take it as gospel that uh, that you know symphony has uh, sorted out the security issue mm. um because like with any system um i pick on wordpress mm. on wordpress 5.1 points might be i know it was point one there's always issues that'll come mm. out with a brand new system they've tested it to their blue in the face they've mm. done pen testing across it and then someone will find something which you've not even thought of so yeah. it's a great example of things you know always moving and this is why I tell uh, people, let's make sure that things are always updated. Mm. You know, um, mm. again, uh, a friend of mine hadn't updated her, her laptop in a couple of weeks. I said, right. just, just update it. Um, there was loads of updates and various things. And it was like, oh, that's sort of a couple of issues I was having. Mm. I said, yeah. I said, that's just on your laptop. Now have a think of what's yeah. happening with our code. And the frameworks that we're using. That we is, always have to keep things up to date. That is a very, very good point. And the amount of, uh, boxes that I SSH into and I just see the immediate message saying such and such packages need to be updated or can be updated. Yeah. And uh, yeah, crazy. Wow. 
Um, I guess there's more to security than just writing code, right? I mean, I, I mean, security is such a huge, huge subject. Yeah. Now, a lot of people shun away from it just because you know they want to um, develop their APIs, they want to develop, um, you know, a promotion system into an e-commerce <laughs> site. Uh, it's one of the issues we had a couple of years ago. You know, they want to dive into that. But security has always got to be on everyone's mind yeah. um, because whether we work for a small one-man band or a huge international company, we, d- we don't want to have that phone call over the weekend saying, yeah, we've just had a data breach. You need mm. to get into the office. Mm. You want to have that. So someone's tried uh, breaking into the website. Yeah, it's fine because they mm. haven't got anything and the firewall has kicked in and uh, stopped them from uh, logging into the system anymore. Mm. So, you know, that that's what we kind of want. But again, mm. it's that fine balance of going, well, I could spend all my time focusing mm. on security mm. and not actually build what we want. Yeah. Um, so it, it's very much a balance. I remember way, way back ago um, when I was first learning Linux and I had this thing in place, uh, uh, failed to ban, I think it was called, which was which would ban you uh, if you yep. got put, put in the password incorrectly or did something incorrectly for more than a couple of times. And I locked myself out of my own system. And so I I ended up having to um, just scrap it and start again <laughs> because because I just couldn't get in. Luckily, there was nothing sort of valuable on it. Everything was in. <laughs> I, I think about it now and it's stupid. Everything was on external drives that I could have just taken out and put it into another machine. <laughs> but, but the operating system was secure. <laughs> It's so secure, nobody can get in at all. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I've done that a couple of times. I've used fail to ban. Um, but I'm actually building uh, a library at the moment, which does something very similar because you think about um, people logging onto a website and I'm going to pick on Amazon for this mm-hmm. one. You could go on and you could type an email address in mm-hmm. and it may, rather than tell you the standard message of, you know, either your username or password is incorrect, it'll actually say, the password for this account is incorrect, but that's just about validated that the email address is on that system. Ooh. Now let's just, so, yeah, that's it, a very it was, it was, so instantly you think, Oh, okay, well that, that's not very good. And from the front end perspective, yeah. yeah, it's not the things that are probably happening and are happening behind the scenes. Yeah. There's various things that they're actually monitoring on that. So I'm starting to look at it myself. So if that happens, mm. you can say, well, actually, yeah, let, let, let's say it's, um, you know, my account, so uh, roberttest.com, mm. um, I've typed in the wrong password. Now, um, say it's against the Superdrive website, mm. we can say, okay, um, you already have an account there, and we know mm. that um, your account is all signed up and you're in the UK. Mm. Now, this attempt that's been happening here, this is happening from, let's say it's happening from Russia, just because obviously Russia's always in the news. All of a sudden, it's like that should raise a few flags. Mm, mm. Now, it might be that I'm on holiday in Russia. Um, things happen. Um, so, and I've just forgotten my password. Not a problem. I can try again. I type the correct password in. I get let in. Mm. And what you can actually start doing is you can start building up a, um, a DNA of um, people trying to access systems. So, it's like, actually, yeah, do you know what? People from Russia, we can say, you know, we do allow uh, Russian customers onto the site. We could say, for example, actually we'll give them a, a score of 20. Mm. And actually if they hit a score of 100 after multiple attempts from the same IP address, let's actually just stop them from logging in. Okay. Um, and it's very yeah. similar to the fail to ban system. Yeah. And you can do it for X amount of time. Yeah. But then you can start bringing other things in such as, um, you know, they're going to type in a password, which you can, uh, um, send out uh, and check to say, oh, actually, you know what? They're trying to use password, password one, mm. for example. Mm. Not a very secure password. Mm. And it's like, well, actually, if they're using an insecure password, give them also a score. And then okay. all of a sudden, you start building up a whole DNA about people's behavior. Right. And then you can say whether or not to let them in. Right. Um, or potentially um, you go, oh, so-and-so is trying to still log into roberttest.com. Yeah. Um, let's actually block the account will send an email through to say, hello, we think someone's trying to break into your, or break into your account or whatever, and say, for the time being, we have locked your account. Mm. Um, and you think, well, that's great. Now, something similar actually happened with LastPass with me. Could I remember the uh, um, the master password alongside my YubiKey? Could I help? <laughs> um, I actually did remember it after the, the 20th attempt, at which point LastPass had already blocked my account. 
Right. So it already sent me an email saying, yeah. hello, we have blocked your account. It's going to be blocked for at least five minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, because it was from an IP address that they weren't recognizing. Right. Um, so various bits and pieces on that. Yeah. So they would protect, that was a way of them protecting my data without telling and instantly going, yeah, you know, this is wrong, this is wrong, and allowing people thousands of attempts. That's so interesting. So they were like, they were like listening to the signals on the system. And yeah. building up a profile around these attempts with a so, sort of a score yeah. type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is something I'm I'm looking at at the moment. Um, yeah. Our payment provider does something very similar. Mm -hmm. So if it knows that um, somebody from an IP address, uh, all of a sudden they're in uh, Mexico, then Russia, then uh, Cyprus, it's like, hmm, do you know what? Let's let's start actually banning this person <laughs> this IP address. So they instantly get a fraud score, so we don't allow them to purchase things. Yeah. Um, and you know. That's great from a payment perspective, but we need to look at it from other things as well. Yeah. Sounds stupid. Newsletter signups. Right. What's to stop people from going onto a website and going, I shall type in your uh, email address. In fact, I'll just take everyone who goes to all of the PHP meetups, I'll just take all their email addresses, and I'll just sign them up for everything. Right. What's to actually stop that? Now, again, websites have um, CSRF protection, so cross-site uh, request forgery protection. Mm -hmm. Um but there are ways to get around that. And also, some sites don't have it implemented correctly. Now, again, don't rely on the front-end code. Have something in the back-end to mm -hmm. say, actually, do you know what? The same IP address has put through 20 um, requests here to sign up for a newsletter. Well, we could say, no, we're just going to say, no, the request is invalid. No, it will send back to the front-end saying, yep, the request is fine without actually telling them what's happening. In the background, it'll send it all off to a black hole. It's like, yeah, I'm not adding it to the database. I'm not processing it at all. Mm, I'm just mm, going to, mm, you know, you can sit mm, there to your blue in the face mm, uh, sending this data through. It's not doing anything. Mm, <laughs> um, but at this point as well, you can then log the uh, attempts, right. um, IP addresses and all of that. And, you know, like with fail to ban, potentially add that to your firewall and block those people from yeah. going through. Yeah. And it's usually from, you know, if you're on, uh, say, a UK website, chances are it is somebody from, you know, another country. Um, I have had uh, requests through from a certain country, which is just north of South Korea, um, <laughs> which have uh, tried attempting uh, access into my systems. Um. And it's like, yeah, okay, this is going to be an interesting one. I'll just block the IP addresses, yeah. block the entire range. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Um, um. But, uh, yeah, there's different things that you can do to it. At the end of the day, though, as I said, if somebody is desperate to get into your system, they will try every trick under the sun mm. they'll probably get in. Mm. Well, but, yeah, um, that's, uh, it's such an interesting interesting and deep topic that we could sort of talk about for hours and hours. It, it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's a conversation that yeah. uh, I've, I've had with many people, and, yeah, you can be, you can be there for days yeah. um, going through it. Yeah. I mean, other developers out there as well have gone into security. Yeah. Um, it was actually um, the person who actually you know, helped me or inspired me to look through uh, security and actually take it one step at a time and mm. look at the bits and pieces is um, James Titcombe. Right. Um, yep. You know, he, he's done many talks on security yep. in the past. And, uh, yeah, from what I've learned from him, yeah. it's like, yeah, do you know what? <laughs> he's absolutely right on this. And most of it is common sense. Right. Um, it really is. Right. Um, right. You know, basically, you just don't trust anybody. Um, you know, anyone who uses your application, people you work with, don't trust them. Don't trust them. You know, just that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the ultimate The golden rule, trust no one. Yeah. Um, yeah, you made a really good point about um, the messages that we display on our pages that the attackers can build a profile to see what can and cannot be done. Like you said that uh, the you know the password was incorrect, but it, that that implied that the email address was correct. So there's all sorts of things that that I guess front end devs, people who work on the actual UI need to consider as well. So it's not, it's not just a back-end issue at all. No. Yeah. Um, and actually, the message that you portray to your customer, um, I mean, it's one of those where you, there are some sites where it's like, oops, you know, you've typed in, uh, you know, just incorrect credentials. Yeah. Well, that's great. Have I signed up for an account on the site? Have I not? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Um, and that's where, again, you need to be sort of 
understanding towards your customer. Yeah. Um, so we actually found that uh, at Superdry, just telling people, you know, the username or password is incorrect, and they're giving it, what, do I have an account? I can't remember. Oh, my God. Try lots and lots of passwords. Yeah. They then get fed up and leave the website. Yes. Yeah. So we've given them that extra help. But right. there are things, as I say, happening behind the scenes. So mm. we know, okay, we know what's going on here. And actually, if they try um, several attempts, all of a sudden, you know, um, because it might be a, a bot that's come along to the site and is mm. trying things. Mm. Um, you know, we, we, we have the uh, um, the Google uh, capture phrase pop up saying, are you a robot? Um, which is great when we were testing that because it's, no, I'm not a robot, stop appearing. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our test team here love it when they get uh, get given that. Mm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so there, there's, there's lots of different things that you can do. Um, so you can still be secure, but also mm. be very customer friendly. Mm. Um, because mm. what you don't want to be is one of those where, no, you've typed this in wrong, that's it, we've locked your account. And it's like, my finger slipped. I put, put the wrong password, yeah. or I put, put last, you know, last year's password in there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a, yeah. it's it's a difficult one. Definitely. Yeah, such a such an interesting interesting topic. Is there anything else before we leave? Is there anything else that you want to add in terms of security um, and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I remind everyone, and yeah. I actually put it out on Twitter the other day. Um, it's a great one. Um, again, when it comes to credentials and passwords, mm. it's remember. Uh, there's three things to remember for them. Mm. It's um, don't share your passwords and credentials. Don't hang them from your monitor. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, lastly, if they become soiled, so say that they've been, uh, you know, somebody has been breached and Adobe's been breached millions of times. I think there's been a Facebook one in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, if your password's been breached um, or soiled, change it. Yeah. So a great way of actually remembering that is treat your passwords like your underwear. <laughs> it, it's a great thing to remember. It actually used to be uh, that last one with the uh, the soiling of it. Um, it used to actually be change them on a regular basis. But actually, change having a system where it forces you to change a password all the time makes awesome. you become lazy. So you start typing password one, password two, yeah. password three. Yeah. Oh, that's that's. Uh... So good. <laughs> yeah. And if anyone's listening and they've got uh, post-it notes plastered all over their monitors with passwords, tear them off, tear them down. Yeah. Get, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Uh, you know, put, put, put them into things like LastPass or Dashlane and mm. people go, oh, I don't want to pay for that. You don't have to. They're all, mm. you know, they're all free. Mm. Um, you can pay for extra services with them, like mm. any uh, you know software as a service uh, mm. out there. Mm. But yeah, if you need to use a free one, use a free one. It's uh, secure. Yeah. And, and there right. are there are some that uh, you can you can have ownership of the of the database of passwords. Like for example, KeePass. That's that's one that uh, I've used before, where where you can actually have an encrypted database that you can unlock yeah. through a master password. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I actually have that yeah. myself. Um, yeah. Some old passwords from a long time ago. I use Password Safe, right? Um, yeah. Which is a great system. Um, I actually run it on both my Windows machine and also my yeah. Android phone. So. You know, it's accessible for via different systems should I need to access it. Yeah, awesome. Well, Rob, it was fascinating talking about security with you. If anybody wants to get hold of you, what's your Twitter handle? So it's DevTorbox UK, um, nice, easy one to uh, find. Um, so that's the best one to have a look through. Um, however, for those who are at, uh, you know, who go attend uh, the PHP conferences, um, I try and attend PHP South Wales on a regular basis. PHP Southwest, I'm there every month. Uh, I think they're getting sick of me, actually. Um, So that's a good uh, shout-out to those guys. Um, I am heading to PHP Scotland this year, so um, it would be great you know, if people want to just come up and have a chat with me outside of the normal talks. Yeah, yeah, do so. Brilliant. Awesome. Well, thank you ever so much for coming on the show, Rob, and talking about security. No worries, no worries. And for everyone watching on the YouTubes and listening on the podcasts, thanks ever so much for watching. Happy coding, everyone. I'll see you again next time. Cheers. Bye.